Imagination is a wonderful gift that God has given unto man. Inside the mind of an artist, he or she can paint a masterpiece before ever touching a canvas. Imagination allows us to think about how the roar of a dinosaur was without ever hearing it for ourselves, and our imagination unlocks the creative potential that lies within us. However, as we have become more educated as a society, we have lost that touch. We are trained to be logical and to depend on evidence more than the image we see in our hearts. Before God created a single atom, all of life, no matter how big or small, rested within his imagination. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of The Paradigm Switch, where we discuss modern-day problems for modern-day Christians. By sharing our personal triumphs and struggles in our faith walk, we hope to offer encouragement for you to continue yours. The Bible says we are new creatures in Christ, but in order to be different, we first have to think different. We hope you enjoy the episode. Well, hello, Paradigmers. You're listening to The Paradigm Switch. We are the number one Christian podcast on earth and heaven's favorite podcasters, where we encourage our heavenly family in Christ to renew their minds and think right side up. Remember, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Please like, follow, share, follow us so you can stay along and, you know, see what we um, put it, post out there for you. And then, you know, make sure you subscribe to us on one of the listening platforms, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, whichever way you listen to us, make sure you subscribe so you can get the ding to let you know we have <laughs> we have dropped a new episode. Now, I am one of the co-hosts here. So I'm Avon. I'm here with my co-host, Alex. Hello, everybody. And Alex, did you not know this is our anniversary episode? It has been uh, a year. A I can year. scarcely <laughs> believe it. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. You know, I feel as though um, we've been doing this for like two years. Like I just feel like so much has gone on. For this to have only been a year, like this 2020 is 2020 felt like a lifetime. 2021 feels even longer sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, there was a lot that has gone on, and, and a lot of things uh, that have happened, uh, especially in the United States. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, been a long, long year. But, but the exciting news is that we've made it through to a, <laughs> we made it through through the whole year, and now we're celebrating. And we thank God that we've been able to keep up with this podcast and been able to do it for a whole year. Yeah, like for sure. that. You know, actually, so when I was getting when we were getting things ready for the podcast, I was like looking up on how like people get things started and like what they do and all that stuff. And you know, some people quit after three months. And so we've made it a full year. So that's already an accomplishment right there. And just so the audience knows, just as a joke, Alex and I used to do it on one mic. Yes, at the very <laughs> sitting, beginning. Sitting, <laughs> sitting next to each other, um, recording our episodes, all like scrunched up and just record from there. Now we both have separate mics. <laughs> this fancy mixer system and yeah. the ability to do a virtual now since I travel a whole bunch for my job these mm -hmm. days. So we... We don't miss weeks because of travel anymore. So. No, we, we don't miss a beat whatsoever. So what's one thing, I'm just going to put you on the spot, but what's one thing like doing this has taught you? Like what has like been like an epiphany, like doing this podcast has like done for you? <laughs> First thing that comes from my, that people in Australia like listening to us. That is true. <laughs> um, six, we, we have in our system where we upload the episodes it breaks down like where the listeners are coming from. And we have 6% coming from Australia, which is pretty cool. So that knows so that we're like international, not just local domestic, we're international. It's, it's funny, but I uh, know uh, in all seriousness, the thing that, that really, I think that has been uh, amazing to me throughout all this is this is really the first time that I have 
been on a public platform uh, sharing my faith and talking to you know people who I don't know and trying to bring encouragement to more groups of people. Um, you know, I've talked about faith before, of course, but it's usually with people who I know fairly well. So this was totally different than that, and, and it really you know, has allowed me to become more in the word and, and grow closer to God throughout all of this process. And I'm really thankful that he's given us an opportunity to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's, it's, you know, it's funny because Alex has heard me speak a couple times at my church. And, but, you know, honestly, that makes me nervous to do that. I don't, I don't like to, it sounds weird, but I don't like to share too much of like what I know. It, it sounds weird. I don't like to sometimes like share like the knowledge that God has given me of his word and all that kind of stuff. Cause people kind of look at you different being like, Oh, he's like really saved. Like he's super saved or whatever. Yeah. And so I've always like, I wouldn't say I play dumber than I look or whatever, but I just kind of always held back the knowledge that kind of kept in. But this was a platform for me to like share all the, you know, the knowledge that I've gained over the years. And, you know, I've shared my testimony of like starting around 14 years old. Like I, threw myself in the word and was like listening to teachings like all the time and like just threw myself in just learning the great depths of like the word of God. And I had no denominational background or denominational boundaries. I listened to people who were apologetics, people who are non-denominational, Pentecostal, Methodist, so I can gain in as much knowledge as I can um, in the word of God. But this has been a great platform for me to disperse knowledge and encourage people. Um, and I found out I really like talking about the Bible. I don't have to just talk to Alex all the time. I can share with other people too. I've heard people <laughs> in my sphere, they really like listening to you. They think you have a very powerful voice. I don't think, th- I think I have such a <laughs> high squeaky voice, but you know, Hey, <laughs> everyone has their own opinion and I, I appreciate the compliment. So, but thank God we have made it a full year and we hope to accomplish another year and we'll see um, what greater, bigger and greater things that God has in store for you and I as we continue this journey. Um, But the episode we have today is talking about imagination. And I bet a lot of people don't think about imagination as a Christian topic. No, I don't think so. But this actually came to me. I, um, as I just came to me one day talking, you know, thinking about the imagination and the power of imagination, but we'll get into why I see this as a Christian topic. But when you hear imagination, what first comes to your mind? There's a lot of things that come to my mind when imagination is mentioned Uh, as a, as a, as a scientist, I think of scientific discoveries, which come about because people imagine, you know, certain things, certain cures, certain ways to improve life processes uh, so I think of a ways to make the world better and improve people's quality of life. But also, I don't know if the audience knows this, but I like to do some creative writing on the side. Mm-hmm. And so when I think of that, I think of, you know, epic fantasy adventures like set in times long past or, or a journey set amongst the stars, you know, something really cool that is not taking place on Earth. So. I think that's what I think of when I think of imagination. Yeah. I love being in my imagination 100%. There's no limit to what I can imagine, no scenario I can't put myself um, in. Um, as a kid, because my one of my favorite shows were like Batman and X-Men, I would always <laughs> imagine myself being like a superhero, like I know the feeling. running along with them and stuff. And, you know, I think people with a strong and active ma- ma- imagination are actually some of the smartest people in the world. You know, um, being able to picture mental images that have no evidence, 
um, to support it and build scenarios and full on storylines or, you know, you can use your imagination to solve problems. I would do that at one of my jobs because a part of my job was to troubleshoot for issues. And I would literally stand there and sit there and imagine scenarios of me doing X, Y, and Z and how the results would be. And it would form all together. I had no inclination physically of how that should work. But in my mind, I was able to piece those um, pieces together. And like I said, you know, you can create stories from your imagination. Everything that exist was first in the mind of someone's imagination. It was first, it first set in their mind as an idea in their imagination. And then it became physical. That's a really profound statement, actually. I'm going to brush my shoulders off on that one. (laughs) (laughs) So let's put some definitions out there. Okay. An imagination is the act or the power of forming a mental image of something not present to the senses or never before wholly perceived in reality. So here's the kind of paradigm switch thought for today. Instead of viewing your imagination as a childish act of fantasy, because sometimes in society, as you go through the educational system, they want to break down your fantasy and, you know, that kind of act of imagination. That's childish. You should you should focus on facts and you should focus on logic and you should focus on, you know, what your senses tell you. But instead of seeing it as a childish thing, but viewing it as a critical aid to your faith to your faith walk and expectation of the future. And the imagination of man is very powerful, is a very powerful tool given by God. It's actually given by God. You know, God formed us and God has given us our imagination. And that imagination is that voice in your head, forming ideas and forming thoughts as you talk to yourself, putting things together. Imagination is a mental, as I would put it, is a mental drawing board that allows you to form ideas and goals for yourself that you need to accomplish before taking one step out of the bed. Like for me, like before I even take one step out of the bed, I've already formed in my mind the things I need to do. And I see myself doing those things and how to accomplish those goals. You picture yourself doing such things as, you know, losing weight. Um, getting married while you're still single, you picture those things in your mind of, I see myself walking down the aisle, even though I'm still single in this present moment, or buying a house when you're still in college. You see yourself in the future doing those things and putting those mental images in your head. Hopes and dreams come alive in one's imagination. I don't know. Yeah, if, yeah so. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. So this is, like, I'm really excited about this because imagination is actually very powerful and it helps in your faith walk. And so God has an imagination himself. In God's mind, he planned, he planned all that exists before bringing it into reality. God didn't, you know, the Bible says that God has, um, like for our lives, that God said, I already know the plans I have for you. I've already put this in my mind. I've already marked everything down in my mind before we ever walked it out. So the power of man's imagination. So we're going to go to Genesis 11 and 5, just so we can kind of prove the power of man's imagination. So if you want to read that when you get it, got it. Yeah, so this for context is when the people are building the Tower of Babel. And and then in Genesis 11, 5, it says this. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. And the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they had begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. And so the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth as they stepped building the city. That is why it's called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of the whole world there, and from there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Now, in different um, versions of the Bible, 
that part that says nothing they plan to do is actually nothing that they imagine or nothing that their imagination builds will be impossible to impossible to them. Here's God, the creator connecting their actions and their thoughts of their imaginations coming together that because they have first imagined it and they have first built this in their head, it's dangerous. And so I don't think we always think of that being a connecting point to one another of our imagination being important. I think we just think it's useless, but it's actually a very critical thing. And God saw that it was dangerous from the conception of in their imagination. So why, why was the Tower of Babel dangerous? So that the listeners understand this. Well, the Tower of Babel was dangerous because they were trying, from my understanding, that's always been a mystery. This story has always been a mystery of they were using this to reach to like the heavens and enter portals and do kind of contacts with evil spirits. The yeah. way I'm understanding it, yeah, they to, were trying to yeah. have this be like a religious temple that would actually reach the stars, reach the stars the and, and yeah. like have contact with these evil spirits. Yeah. And in God's mind, that was going to work because yeah. he said, I got to break up this plan because they're actually going to tap into something that's going to be bad. And, and so this, by the way, this is where witchcraft became the, this is what it was, was witchcraft trying to commune with evil spirits from the cosmos. Um, this is Babel. This is Babylon. Yeah. And they had all kinds of secret arts. As later in, in scripture, you learn, you know, the wise men that Daniel beats because they don't have God. But, but, yeah. this, but this is Babylon. This is where all of the witchcraft, the evil stuff, it all comes out of this. Yeah, exactly. And I believe we talked about it when we did our Days of Noah series. Yeah. So go back and listen to that. And so imagination is not some fa- fantasy tool. You know, it's not just some, you know, childish thing. It's in God's mind. This is something very real. It's very serious. And it became dangerous in God's eyes at the imagination stand, you know, at the imagination stage. Today's society likes to talk about, you know, such topics like, you know, I don't know if you ever heard of it, like manifestation. I don't know that one. Yeah, they talk about manifestation where, you know, you think and, you know, picture yourself and see yourself like walking in that executive role or having that new car manifestation in kind of like positive, positive thinking or whatever. I've heard of that. These are actually tools that the these guides and gurus, they're stealing these things from the Bible. <laughs> like God has already said these things, like all these things connect because, it's, you know, all over the Bible, God talks about having a clean mind and imagination has to deal with the mind and your thoughts. I don't know. Do you think too much about your thoughts? Not really. I mean, it, uh, no, I mean, I don't, I, I don't really dwell on my thoughts too much unless I'm engaging in like a writing exercise and then you know, planning out everything. So you don't think like your thoughts things. and thinking like, as Joyce Meyer, Myers would say, you don't think about what you're thinking about? I, I don't really, I don't know, maybe unless it's like a bad thought and then it might be, look, why am I thinking that? That, that Can't think about that. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, no, I don't really think about my thoughts. I just, I just think and that's, that's i'm that. i'm very wow. conscientious about like what i'm thinking about because i don't want to imagine or have evil thoughts in my mind i'm very conscious to always purposely be thinking on something good and something you know helpful and aiding and you know imagination has to deal with your mind the pictures that you form in your mind of yourself of of somebody i guess this is really important that you say this because it, it the scriptures do tell us to guard our thoughts and it's not good if you are like dwelling on certain things so like 
for instance, if you're just dwelling on sexual fantasies as a single person, this prob- probably is not the best of ways to be using your imagination because it can uh, pollute yourself later and lead you down this role of sexual temptation. For instance, I, I think that that could certainly be a problem for people or, mm-hmm. or if you're imagining how to take revenge on another person this is probably not the best of things either or or thinking about how you want to harm another individual so i yeah you know what it's (laughs) because it is it's important to guard your thoughts and make sure that that you don't uh go down these roads and that you check your thoughts before they do things i was just thinking when you brought the um example of building sexual fantasies in your imagination and all this kind of stuff you're not going to be holding on to your celibacy for too long if you keep picturing sexual fantasies and all that kind of stuff and even with that i just remember jesus said you know if you have lust in your heart you've already committed the adultery or the sexual sin so that tells us right there that in god's mind if you are already conceiving it in your thoughts and like forming the ideas and like focusing on that, that's just as bad as actually doing it. Cause in order to do anything, it has to first, you have to first imagine yourself doing it before you perform anything. Joyce Meyer always says where the mind goes, the man follows. Mm. So wherever your thoughts are going, your body, your, your person's going to put that into action. So there's, here's some scriptures to kind of prove like, you know, what the what the the God's thoughts about like concerning scriptures? I mean, concerning thoughts. There's Hebrews four and twelve for you to you know look up. But the one I want to read is Ephesians three twenty from the NIV version. So now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Mm-hmm. So this is talking about God being able to do more for us or do great things for us, and it brings up that word imagine which is your imagination, you thinking what you think, God is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all. So it talks about like, you know, God looking and seeing your imagination. So before we get back on the kind of biblical thing, I just found like an interesting article that talked about kind of the psychology of um, the imagination. And this is coming from the Success Consciousness website. And it was from an article um that it's called The Power of Imagination in Mental Images, and it's by, and I apologize if I am saying this name wrong, um, Ramez Sazon. Um, but it's ta- it talks about the power of imagination in mental images. And so it says this, um, the creative power of imagination has the important role in, achieve, in achieving success in any field. What we imagine often, okay, what we imagine often and expect to happen can come into being. It is important. It is an important ing- ingredient of creative visualization and positive thinking, like we were talking about. And it says, lack of understanding the power of imagination is responsible for the suffering and incompetence, difficulties, and failures and unhappiness um, people experience. For some reason, most people are inclined to think, imagine, inform in their mind negative, in a negative way. They don't expect success. They expect the worst to happen. And when they fail, they believe that fate is against them. This attitude can be changed, and then life will improve accordingly. If you think right and focus on positive things, your life may not be as negative or as awful as you might perceive it to be. And I think that's an interesting uh, psychology of the thoughts of imagination. I certainly agree with the first part of this in that, you know, imagination is an important thing when you're trying to move forward in your field and be successful. Certainly in my field, you know, I have to imagine what is the next step 
of the experimental path I'm trying to accomplish. You know, for example, is it, uh, are we trying to get this virus to show up on a test? How do we make it more sensitive? How do we ensure there's no false negatives, you know, or, or false positives for that matter? So mm-hmm. things of that nature. So um, it, it is important uh, for, for imagination to drive forward these types of, of things in the role. So, uh, and then, yeah, you know, I also think people think negatively a lot. Mm-hmm. And certainly I do agree that if you think you're going to fail, your chances of failing are a bit higher. And if you put that image in your head of you failing. Yeah, it's probably not good. But I under, I also understand why people do this because they don't want to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. So they, they think the worst so that they can't be surprised and can't be disappointed. Okay. It's a bit of a defense mechanism there. I actually have that, and we'll get to that towards the end. So we're going to put this all together now, put this all together for the biblical stance or the biblical view on why this is important as a believer. And like I said, here's the paradigm switch thought of the day or whatever. Instead of viewing your imagination as a childish act of fantasy, but viewing it as a critical aid for your faith walk and expectation for the future. The Bible talks about, you know, all the promises of God for us and how we've been blessed, we're overcomers, we're victorious, and to receive anything from God, you know— is first, you first have to receive it by faith. Jesus says, believe that you have received and you shall have them. How can you believe for something that you have not first imagined yourself receiving in your mind? I mean, I think it's a good question. And you probably you probably can't. Um, because if you've, if you've not dared to dream or imagine a future, you don't believe it's possible. And you don't really try to do anything to try and obtain that but, mm-hmm. but also though i would also say sometimes it's just really hard for people to uh, imagine things mm-hmm. you know i know for me one of the things i would really like is a relationship with somebody and i find uh because of the experience i have had previously uh, trying to find that to be successful it's hard to imagine because I don't have experience with that successful relationship, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's something you want, but it's hard for you to imagine. So then you're just down to thinking, or at least I'm down to thinking, if God wants this to happen, then I believe it will happen, even if I don't have a good idea of what that looks like. Does that make sense? A little bit in the sense of you're saying because you've already had so many disappointment things happen. Like in your mind, you're trying to picture it, but the evidence in front of you physically is like the opposite of the picture that you have in your in your head. Yeah. Is, is that what I'm getting from it? I mean, it? It's hard to imagine what does a successful relationship look like because I've certainly not seen that really. <laughs> not in my life. Well, you know, it's important for you to keep that mental image of like some kind of positive mental image or in your imagination of you with a girlfriend, with a wife, because I truly believe that because you're standing on in faith that God will provide you this. This is what you're standing on in faith, that God is going to provide you with a wife for you to be a husband and all this kind of stuff. And I truly believe that faith and your thoughts are connected. I think that sometimes people just say, I believe, I believe, but in their minds, they have doubt. They see the worst case scenario. They see everything falling apart. They see you not they see you not, you know, you not receiving it. But you can't have faith and then have the doubt in the picture, you know, a doubtful picture in your mind. Like when Jesus would say things like believe in your heart, I think that he was saying believe and picture it inside of you. First, have the image of success and achievement on the inside of you. But this goes this goes back to what I always say is you don't know what is best for you. 
right? Mm-hmm. So you can imagine these good things, or maybe they're good by worldly standards, you know, like getting lots of money or getting that cool car or marrying this beautiful woman or beautiful guy if you're a, or a handsome guy if you're a, a woman. Mm-hmm. But it might not be good for you. <laughs> so so I don't know. I don't know. Can you can you really picture this? Like it's to me it is just if God wants this to happen, I believe that he will make it happen. If it's really the best for me, he will make it happen. I don't know what it looks like, but I will believe that he he will do that. Well, okay, so you're already jumping like far ahead, but I'll meet you where you're at. You, it's fine. You're jump you're jumping way ahead, but I'll meet you where you're at. So you're saying basically, how can I believe for this when I don't know this is good for me? So like for that scenario of like you saying like for a wife or like, you know, for that kind of relationship, the Bible has already said that God has formed male and female for them to come together and be married. So your basis to believe on that is the word of God. That's your evidence to believe on that, that that's for you because, because the Bible said so. That's the evidence you believe that. And because you already have that picture in your heart, like that's the desire you want, you should stand on it and say, God, I have this desire. This is what you have put in your word. This is my evidence even though I have no other physical evidence around me that helps support it. But this is my anchor point to say that this is good for me because you said this is a good thing for a man and a woman to come together and be married under you. This is a good thing. So I'm going to believe that this is what you have for me. I think it's more of the question of who and when. That's the, that's the real question of who and when. Not so much of, is this good enough? I see. What? Interesting thought. No, no, interesting <laughs> thoughts. I know your face. You're, you're okay. I'll let, I'll let you process that for a little bit. But as I was saying before, how can you expect to receive? And it's important. How do you expect to believe and receive that blessing or hearing a miracle or breakthrough, whatever it is that you're asking about God for, if you have not first conceived this in your mind? Like, let's say you're, um, you're looking for a healing. And I actually heard a message about this. Um, this guy was. I'm praying for this guy to receive healing so he can walk out of the wheelchair. And so as God revealed it to the minister, it was revealed that this guy kept picturing himself staying in the wheelchair. He's like, I can't see myself walking out of here. He says, I know God can heal, but I just don't see me receiving that. I don't see myself walking. I don't see myself free from the chair. And just to say, so you try to believe for these miracles and these blessings to take over, but if you don't see yourself receiving those blessings, it's not going to come because you, the question, like we, I always say in our house, we always say in our house, it's not so much that we doubt God can do it. We doubt what God do it for us. Yes. Yes. We doubt God would do it for us. So yes. this is where you use your power of the imagination to say, I see myself, I see myself walking down the aisle, getting married, even though I'm single, I see myself, you know, receiving that healing for whatever illness or illness or ailment that's bothering me right now, because the word says that by his stripes, I am healed. So does that make a little bit more sense for you? It does make a little more sense. Thank you. Yes. You know, this is what I'm here for. And so a disclaimer that you cannot imagine yourself with wings. And then one day it just come to pass. Like that's just in the land of fantasy. That's not, that's not even logical on a foundation of truth to come to pass. But as so, bo- I, so I can't imagine myself becoming Superman. No, you cannot. And why would you even want to be Superman? Batman's better anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> why would you want to be Superman anyway? But anyways, um, but as a born again believer, we have the truth and the promises of God's word as our anchor point to form these imaginations. And here's an example. Um, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Yeah. So basically, the image pictures you think of yourself, 
That's who you're going to become in the physical realm. That's why, that's why I tell you, these guides and gurus, they've just stolen the ideas from God's word of saying, oh, manifest and positive thinking and all this kind of stuff. And this it, just goes back, sorry, but just jumping in, this goes back to our earlier topic. If you're thinking of bad things, mm -hmm. you become to do those bad things. Exactly. Just always focusing. If you, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you're continuously seeing yourself in one fashion, that's who you are. That's who you become, and that's how you're going to act out. Where the mind goes, the man follows. Yeah. And so you identify yourself and act in accordance with the image you have of yourself. You know, there's a scripture that says, "We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us." Um. Now, do you see yourself as a conqueror, though? Like, what is the image you hold of yourself? Do you see yourself as someone who's always falling apart or always being the loser or always being the one that, you know, that never overcomes? <laughs> That's a bad question. Uh, to be brutally honest, I would say that I do, you know, sometimes the lack of a successful relationship mm -hmm. has in the past caused me to think, am I defective in some way? And it just... Is there something fundamentally wrong with me that I can never be successful and never meet the right person and never have anyone like me? I have had that. Yeah. 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 But I'm saying, you got as a man thinking in his heart, so is he. You got to see yourself in the positive light of what God says about you. Just for your topic, you got to remember one that God made you. So he made you who you are. Yeah. That was his intention to make you who you are. And there's scriptures about that. God loves you and all these other things. And like I said, for the more than a conqueror, you have to see yourself as a conqueror. When I think of conquerors, I think of Alexander the Great. And so I I, see, like, I picture myself being like this great conqueror on a, hearse, on a horse that's like, I'm, I'm great and mighty or, you know, I'm strong. Like, I'm not some weak, impotent person. Like, this is who I am. And God himself is the one who tells me these things. So the image I hold about myself is it's not arrogant because it's founded on what God said. So that's not arrogancy. So it's I founded. Guess, I guess. I guess it, it takes a faith to do that. That's what I'm saying. I, this I and faith go together because the past experience so informs us of the mental picture that we have, right? Because mm -hmm. if you, you know, at the beginning you think you're going to be successful and then you fail and you fail again and fail again and fail again. And then you start to think, well, I guess I'm a failure because nothing I'm doing is working. Mm -hmm. How can I possibly get this to work? I'm a, I'm a failure. Or you, you think that, oh, we're, we're going to go out and win the, the game or win the war or whatever have you. And then you lose. And mm -hmm. it's like, am I, I guess I must be a loser because I, I just lose and I try again. I lose some more and it, Past experience can really be crippling. Okay, so that. So since you brought it up, we're going to have to jump to this because I feel led that we have to jump to it. We're going to jump to the story of Abraham. So okay. let's read Romans 4, 17. So y'all are just going to just be listening to me encouraging Alex. This is what this is turning into. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so oh. let's read Romans 4, 17. So let's go from there. All right. So Romans 4, 17 says, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God. Oh, let me just say this real quick. Sorry to cut you off. If those are the audience who do not know where Ab who Abraham is, Abraham is the father of faith. He is the he is the father of the Israelites whom God came to, I think around 70, 75 years old. Um, I could um, could be wrong a little bit with the age right there. But he came to him and, you know, called him out of, you know, the Chaldeans or out from the land that he was in. 
to go to a land that he was going to show him. And basically he was like the first person to walk in faith with God after the fall um, in a mighty way. He's called the father of faith. So at this time, though, Abraham did not have a child and God promised him that he would make him a great nation. But he was old at the time. His wife was old. Yeah, his wife was old. Exactly. And so God is promising that they, his wife and Abraham, were going to have a son. So this is kind of the background history on that. So go ahead. So as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Okay, now... We're going to talk about a little bit of Abraham's sex life. Because <laughs> the context of this is seeing how Abraham was old. He was in his close to 100. Yeah. Like, they were up there in age. Sarah was barren all her life because she never had kids that were young. And here they are standing on the promises of God, of God's word that said that they would have a child. That they would have a child. This is what God's word and promise was that they were going to have a child. So... To have children, you have to have sex. And to have sex, certain parts have to work. At a certain age, they... (laughs) At a certain age, things are not working as easily. This is during the time where there's no um, Viagra. There's no extra aids to get things rolling. Mm -hmm. And so they were... From the scriptures we read in Romans, it talks about they weren't persuaded or they weren't discouraged from their bodies literally aging in front of them. And I'm pretty sure there were some times when Abraham was just like, okay, let's try to get in the mood and do this thing. And things weren't fully working for them. (laughs) We don't think about it that way, but let's let's be real. It talks about like his body was, he didn't consider it the deadness of his body or Sarah's womb or anything like that. So even if he was able to get things, you know, standing in procedure, was her womb even ready to receive receive it being at that age? And so I relate this back to they they because you know what? They saw themselves as parents because they weren't they weren't persuaded by the deadness in their wombs or their bodies not working properly for sexual intercourse to have a child. They focused on the promises of God and their picture in their mind was seeing themselves as parents. That was the picture they held in their hand in their head that said, I don't know how God is gonna make this work. But somehow God is going to put this together. And it even says that God, they were persuaded that God was powerful enough to bring, <laughs> bring the promises to pass. So the same thing like with us, we might be having failures or things that just don't go right while we're trying to believe on a certain promise or a certain thing that God has told us. And we see everything going wrong, but don't consider the things you see physically before you, but focus on the promises of God, and you keep that promise in your imagination, in that mental picture 
in your imagination of yourself and don't fold into what you see physically, but keep moving forward with the promise that you have and hanging on to it. That's why I say imagination and faith are connected with one another. Yeah, uh, and if you do have a promise from God, you can take that to the bank. He always follows through with his promises. It's not if. We have promises of God, and that's all in the Bible. The Bible <laughs> is our set of promises and set of things that God said we can expect for in life. And I know um, you said earlier, you know, just remember, you know, just because you want and hope for something doesn't mean it's God's best. Sometimes, you know, we want something, and it's not necessarily that we need. Me personally, in my opinion— I feel as though if it's in the Bible and I'm a Christian, that's mine. Like, that's me. Do you believe that? I mean, you, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I. Just say what you believe. Just, I mean. I believe that. Put me on the spot. What? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I believe that God does have what's best for us. Mm -hmm. And I and I do believe he will give us that. Um, I don't know necessarily what that is. Mm -hmm. But I do believe in that. And I, and I certainly believe in the promise that through Jesus we are saved. Mm -hmm. Just something to think about, that your imagination and your thoughts have an important factor in your faith walk. And I'll use it for an example. And it's funny, we're all over my notes. We, you totally jumped around in the timeline of my notes. So I'm trying to piece everything back together. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, because so like when I was saying earlier, picturing yourself in the promises of God. So like when I, you know, I'll use the example of when I did my fights. I would sit there purposefully and meditate and see myself standing on the word of God that says, I am, I am an overcomer. I am victorious in Christ and um, greater as he is in me. So these are like the scriptures I was standing on. So I'm forming the images in my mind before I even stepped in the ring. Standing on these promises, based on these promises, I'm going in the ring and I'm winning. And I remember each of my fights, that's always something I was picturing. And I've never told this to anybody. Um, I'm always humble about it. But my last fight where I knocked the guy out, I saw that in my mind a long time ago before that even happened. Like, that was the mental picture, like, I had forming in my mind. Like This is news to me. Yeah, that was the picture. Like, when, I, when it happened, it was just like, oh, yeah, I, already, I had already saw that happen in my mind. And sure enough, it manifested before uh, me right then and there. Maybe that explains how you were able to tee off on that guy so badly. <laughs> he just was not prepared. I demolished the guy. But anyways, um, but I'm just saying, like, here's, here, here's a question. Did you see that in your first fight? You won your first fight, but did you see My that? first fight, I just saw myself winning. That's all I saw myself winning. And so I had a little bit more confidence now in the, in the next one where I saw myself KOing the person. And so I saw that mental image of myself. Mm -hmm. And so that helped in my faith walk to walk in there boldly and walk in there confidently. So this is what I'm encouraging for us to... To, to be mindful of the things we're thinking about and the, the thoughts we form in our imagination. And I just want to say this, um, that that's where fear comes from, your mind. Your mind imagines, imagines the worst-case scenario. Here's, a, uh, you know, here's another paradigm switch thought. Use those thoughts to start imagining good things, the best-case scenario. And, you know, me and you go back and forth about, like, you know, optimistic or, you know, reality or how do you say a realist and all that realistic, kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm always going to be optimistic. I'm always going to be optimistic. To me, I don't know. That's just me. I'm always going to be optimistic and hoping for the best. And so 
I think if we should use our thoughts to meditate and imagine the best case scenario. And I, you know, you might say, I don't want to be disappointed. Well, just like Abraham, he didn't consider the physical um, limitations or the circumstances of his body, but he focused on the promises of God, which is a powerful verse to me, powerful verse of Romans 4, 21, fully persuaded. And persuaded means to be induced to believe by appealing to one's reasoning and understanding, convinced. Basically, Abraham was 100% sold that God had the power to do what he promised. And so God had the power to bring him and Sarah's body together, to form the baby, to um, carry the baby throughout pregnancy, and to deliver the baby, that God was in control. So their imagination was the first step in their faith to receive that baby. Um, and so that's, that's, that's my take on imagination and the thoughts being important. And so one more scripture I just want to read is in um, 2 Corinthians 10 and 4, 4 through 5. And so in the King James Version, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not, are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so what I liked about these verses is that it first talks about the spiritual battle that we always talk about, about the enemy. The enemy comes to our mind and puts thoughts and projections in our minds. He does. It puts thoughts and projections in our mind where we form these thoughts and things of, you know, coming against the word of God. Based on that scripture, any image of yourself or like the status of that circumstance that doesn't line up with the word of God, according to those scriptures, you need to cast it down because it's saying every thought and imagination that comes against what God has already said about you came, comes said about the situation. We are to cast it down and form positive imagination, positive thoughts. You have control of your thoughts to sit there and meditate and see yourself in the way that God has told you you are or how that situation is going to turn out. You may not know how it's going to turn out, but just having the imagination and thought of saying, oh, this is going to work out for my good, so I'm going to be positive that somehow or another God's going to bring me through. And I was talking with you earlier this week. I think that's what happened to Eve because the Bible says that Eve now perceived that that fruit was good. Because before, she was seeing that as what God told them not to do. But the devil formed images in her mind saying, oh, with this, you're now going to be like God, knowing both good and evil. So then she started picturing herself after she ate that fruit, she was then going to be like God and high and mighty and stuff. So she first saw that image in her mind of what the devil was telling her that, in, that ignited her to act and take the fruit and eat it. So that is what got Eve in trouble. So every thought that comes against the word of God, it says like, you're a loser. No, that's not true. The word of God says I'm an overcomer that, we're, you know, that says that you're you know, always going to be poor. No, the Bible says that he shall supply all my needs. So I imagine all my needs being met. I have the, I stand on in faith that he's going to take care of me. I don't see myself in lack. I see myself forever taken care of by God. And then another scripture I would like to read is Philippians 4 and 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So those are some things that the Bible says that we are to meditate purposefully. Think about what you're thinking about. Your imagination is important. To me, I believe 100% is tied to our faith Completely. If you don't imagine yourself with the things you're standing on in faith, are you even truly believing it? Do you have any final words before we go? 
I think this has been a very heavy episode, certainly more heavy than I anticipated, and now I have a lot of things to think about going forward. Um, uh, but I, I do think uh, imagination is important, and I, and I do think we need to be mindful of what we are thinking of, because as you say, you know, what we think of is, is what is in our hearts. So uh, as a man think in his heart, so he is. So we have to be on the lookout mm-hmm. for bad thoughts, and we need to put our imagination to good use, not imagining destructive things, but imagining constructive things instead. Well said. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to our anniversary episode of The Paradigm Switch. We can't wait to give you another year. And stay tuned for next week, because next week we have another exciting episode, and that will be on Alex's birthday. Stay tuned.